Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to talk some about where we've been with this national emergency and the virus and the masking and all the stupid shit. And I'm also going to explain to people this National Emergency Act and kind of give them an intro because I'm going to start a little series about this National Emergency Act because it's obvious nobody else in Constitutional Conservative Radio or anyone else is going to explain it to people. And I've touched on it in the past, but now I'm actually going to go into it in a couple of different episodes. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth is I was a constitutional conservative and a believer for, for a long time. And then I figured out that all that shit was just a complete scam. It's a complete scam. I got the internet 25 years ago and in relatively short order figured out that it was all scam. And when I did, I became a self-certified master practitioner. And I recently gave myself an award for a lifetime achievement in the same area, just for all the great work I've done on this podcast. <laughs> all right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I want to make a show about the national emergency we've been operating under now for coming up on three years that Trump declared back in March of 2020. And I wonder, has anyone ever been told what actually constitutes a so-called national emergency? Has anybody? I'm 100% sure you haven't because there is no such definition in the National Emergency Act under which he supposedly declared a national emergency, just like the way I did the show about national security and how the National Security Act back in 1947 or something like that doesn't define what national security is. This National Emergency Act also doesn't define what a national emergency is. And it's just... <laughs> I get so tired of dealing with the people at this point. I mean, what does it take for people to understand the scam going on, the con, by these constitutional conservatives who pretend to be on our side? None of them spoke up. None of them spoke up and said, this is completely outrageous and there's absolutely no basis to declare a national emergency. One, because there's no such authority. Congress doesn't have it president doesn't have it. Nobody has it. <laughs> Nobody has the power in the federal government to declare a national emergency because the people never gave it to them because it's not in the Constitution. And the very first show I did was about explaining how this so-called lockdown and all these things, they're the equivalent of getting a injunction against hundreds of millions of people. And in each state, tens of millions of people. An injunction is when somebody is told that they either can or can't do certain acts as opposed to money payment. And if you're not allowed to open your business, you must stay in your house, can't go to work. All these different things they imposed on people supposedly have to stand six feet apart, wear masks in locations. All these things are injunctions, meaning that they are an attempt by some kind of governmental entity to require that you do or not do a certain kind of act, an act that you would otherwise have every right to do, like open your business. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And so the basis for even ever getting that to happen is that you have to first have a filing where the state would come forward and claim that you pose some kind of immediate harm and risk to the public, to yourself, to something else, and file a lawsuit and serve you with it. That would be the very first step so that you have an opportunity and as an individual before the court claims to have the authority to do such a thing to defend yourself. And in such a case, the state has the burden, and it's quite a significant burden they have to meet. They have to come forward with all the evidence that they have and the claims very specifically and show every single element. Well, they didn't have to do any of that. See, they never have to do any of that by simply declaring these emergencies. And then they supposedly somehow get all these magical powers to make people do all these things. None of that's true. None of it actually exists. The people have never given the authority for any governmental agency to do that. And all you have to do is think about the simple fact that if the government supposedly has the ability to simply decide when there's a so-called emergency, and then it obtains all sorts of special extra powers to make you do shit, well, guess what? (laughs) They're just going to declare emergencies whenever they want. And of course, that's what they do. In my state, in Texas, we are still operating under a state of emergency. He has re-upped it. I think this is the 11th time it's been re-upped in the not-too-distant past. They re-upped it again 11 times. There's literally nothing going on in the state at all. These emergencies are totally made up. I've done multiple shows going through the new statutes that they created, expanding out their ability to do all this stuff in the future. I made multiple shows explaining to people how the courts are completely useless. And I've made multiple shows explaining how these constitutional conservatives are the worst kind of traitors to freedom while they pretend to be on your side because they're the people who the people who think they want freedom and liberty look to in order to get their marching orders for what the government can do, can't do, what the people should do. And, of course, they are the worst kind of controlled opposition because they are the traitors. They pretend. They wear the wrong uniform. They pretend to be on our side while, in fact, they're not. They're not. They're spies. They're to waste your time and provide an opportunity from complete building this uh, medical prison. That's what they're doing. And I was thinking of all the outrageously stupid shit that went on with these so-called emergencies over the last almost three years, starting with all of the ridiculous absurdity that came out of China with the video of the people falling dead on the streets. Nothing like that happened. That was all fake. It's all made up. Of course, if you suggest that anything that comes out of these governmental entities is fake or made up, then they'd simply censor or ban you from all social media. But I remember the great toilet paper wars. Remember that crap? That was in early March, after we'd been locked down for about uh, two or three weeks. I thought people were going to catch on. They'd go home, they'd look on the internet, they'd see the whole thing's a complete scam, and they'd stop. But that's not what happened. People are way, way stupider than I ever thought, and my opinion of people, as low as it was almost three years ago, has completely and totally gone off a cliff. There's obviously no bottom to how stupid people are. None. No bottom at all. And I remember the people were fighting over toilet paper as though there was going to be some kind of problem. But they didn't have masks on. 
So they didn't have masks. So in the beginning, they told us that we shouldn't get the masks. The masks don't do anything. They should be left for medical professionals to know how to wear them. <laughs> and then what happened? And it changed, right? Then it changed. They, they, there's nothing made up. Call Follow the science. All made up, right? Then we're supposed to. Then we have to. All these arguments about the mask. You weren't allowed to bring anything up. It's obvious the masks don't do what they say. Obvious. Stand six feet apart. A completely arbitrary made-up number. Where's the authority to make anyone do any of this? There isn't any. All the stupid shit that went on with the mask. You have to wear it when you're standing, but if you sit down at a restaurant, you can take it off. If you're, if you're standing at the bar and you're having a beverage, then you can leave it off. You can pull it down to, to have a drink of something. You have to put it back up. Never any explanation for how any of this works together. Never any explanation for how a simple piece of cloth could ever filter out these incredibly small so-called uh, things that were supposedly causing everybody to get sick. Even though nobody was actually even sick, everybody could look around and see they weren't sick. In fact, in the original declaration of a national emergency that Trump filled out and signed, that anybody can go look up, he specifically states in there that there's fewer than 1,500 people in the entire country who have tested positive for COVID. 1,500 people, 330 million in the country. Now we have a national emergency. See, this is how stupid it all was. And yet, what happened? It just continued on every single day with the, the news reports and that fake ShamWow type of news conference Trump would have where he just promoted himself and his fucking supposedly fantastic staff. Remember all that crap? Every day for a couple hours, wheeling out Fauci and Burks and all these other losers telling us they're the greatest ever. These people are jokers. Nobody who's on your side would ever come out and say that and do that week after week. Nobody. But Trump did. Then he okayed trillions and trillions of dollars to be paid to the states. And what'd they do with it? They paid people to not work. They paid them way more to not work than they would to work. They bailed out all of these broken healthcare systems. They bailed out all these broken blue states with the trillions and trillions of dollars. So don't tell me that Trump never locked us down. He was for voluntary bullshit. He financed the whole thing. He financed it all with a totally unconstitutional declaration of emergency and then with trillions and trillions of dollars. And it was his ridiculous declaration of emergency that permitted all that fake voting that went on. (laughs) It's the same thing. And so when you look at how it really happened and I think about, wow, so nobody's talking about what this really is, that it's in no way an emergency situation. None. And there's no description of what an emergency is. And nobody in politics or the media is speaking up and suggesting that people need to understand that the federal government has no such authority to declare an emergency. None. The people would never give the government such a thing. One of the main reasons is that who can tell you what an emergency is? Who can? What is an emergency? Your emergency might be my, like, eh, no big deal. I looked at all the idiots running around panicking about this made-up shit they were supposedly so scared of, even though nobody they knew was sick. They thought it was an emergency. Why? Because they were told it's an emergency. They start panicking. People panic for all sorts of reasons that make no sense. You can't give a government additional powers and then expect the government to keep the government in check. See, it's never going to happen. And so the people didn't give them any authority to declare a national emergency. There's nothing in the Constitution about that. Nothing at all. 
And who was the first president to ever declare a so-called national emergency? Does anybody know? Abe Lincoln, war criminal. <laughs> the man who used a war to hold a voluntary union together. How does that make any sense? How? How can you say we have a voluntary union, whether it's people or states, and yet we have to have a war by the federal government to keep the people who, in those states, each voted to leave? They just voted to leave. They didn't vote to do anything else. They didn't vote to take over. They didn't vote to force the North to have slaves. They didn't vote any, anything except to leave. I thought our vote was so important, so magical, so special, so unique. The whole thing about our freedom. Well, they each voted separate elections, and they uh, voted to leave the union. It wasn't working for them anymore. They were in a minority position, and they just said, you know what? We joined this thing, whatever, 70, 80 years ago. We gave it a good run, but now we're a minority, and we're getting abused, and we're leaving. That was unacceptable to Lincoln. He was going to have to keep the union together. In fact, he posted what is the equivalent of a tweet to the world by having a letter published in the major newspapers that said that his entire purpose was to hold the union together. And if he had to free all the slaves, he would do it. If he had to keep them all slaves, he'd do it. If he had to free some and keep other slaves, he'd do it. The only thing he cared about was keeping the union together. How does that square with your vote mattering or this being a voluntary union? It doesn't, see? It's just, it doesn't. And so, of course, he was the first one to declare a national emergency. He completely overstepped his bounds. He has no authority to call the military out. It wasn't an insurrection when the people have left. They weren't trying to take over the government. That's what an insurrection is. <laughs> they weren't trying to take over the so-called union government. They left, formed their own country, said, we're going to go on our way. Nothing about that's an insurrection. Nothing. Just like all the other narratives were given about wars with the weapons of mass destruction and all the made-up shit we get. Vietnam War, they faked the whole thing up with the Gulf of Tonkin. It's always lies, people. See, it's always, always lies. And this ability to declare a national emergency is just another fundamental lie that nobody has talked about. I mean, I've given it almost three years for somebody else to go out there and explain it to people, but they don't. I've told people again and again, there is no such thing as a national emergency in the Constitution. None. So it doesn't matter what the statute says, see? They can't give themselves additional authority by simply writing a statute. The only way the federal government gets authority to do anything is from the Constitution. And even that's a complete joke, as I've made show after show explaining. But assuming the narrative we're given about the limited express constitution we operate under and the federal government being obligated to and blah, 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 all the same stupid shit. If you just use that 1950s civics class nonsense that the con-cons put out there, well, okay, then where is it in the constitution? It's nowhere. So just writing an act, who cares? It's why I never bothered to go through what a national emergency is under the act. Because it's a made-up thing. They could write a statute to say anything <laughs> and then claim to have the authority. They don't get the authority. If all they needed to do was write a statute to get authority, what would we need a constitution for? The constitution would just say one thing. Congress shall make laws. <laughs> That's it. You wouldn't need anything else. And they could just fucking dream up whatever they want. That's not the way it works. And so I never bothered. But here we are, almost three years, and no one's bothered to break it all down. 
Nobody's bothered to break it all down, even though Biden keeps upping the stupid national emergency. Anybody can look around and see there's been no emergency in this country. There never was any emergency. The only thing we ever even had was the illusion with the panic TV nonsense, making up stories that got caught over and over and over again with mannequins and fakes and non-dead people and, and staged events trying to create the illusion of some kind of emergency and danger. Everybody in their own lives saw that there was nothing going on. But what do we get? We've gotten three years of continuous lies from the constitutional conservatives who continue to pretend that the stuff happened and it was all legit, and that Trump had good reasons and that he was misled and all these other things that they love to claim, that he didn't understand and he was betrayed and all this crap. Look, if that dude knew that little about Tony Fauci and that ridiculous team that he had assembled of complete deep state jokers, that he was an incompetent executive, period. Incompetent beyond belief. And it's become more than obvious that the man was not incompetent. He was in on it. People just don't want to accept that. But the evidence is just so overwhelming. Everybody he hired was just a deep state rat. He didn't put anybody in prison. He didn't even attempt to. Nothing happened under the Trump administration. People claim that he was, like I said, betrayed. You can't be betrayed when you're hiring the people to do exactly what they do. <laughs> doesn't make sense. See, that doesn't make sense. And so nothing you've seen uh, for the last almost three years has indicated to anybody these national emergencies. So I was like, okay, I'm going to look into it. And what did I find? <laughs> the same thing I always find. It's utter shit. It's complete crap. I'm going to go over one of the Supreme Court opinions about it as well, this Youngstown case. That one's always pointed to is how the Supreme Court really slapped down the executive branch. Woo, baby. You'll see what a fraud that is. They don't discuss any of the things that matter, as always. You see, once you're depending upon the government to protect you from the government, which is what the structure of the government is, we're told, where the Supreme Court steps in, you have no chance. Why? Well, because they're all in cahoots. See, the things that matter about decisions when the Supreme Court takes a case up are all these things that have absolutely nothing to do with the Constitution at all. And forget the fact that they're completely ignoring the Constitution. But the things that matter when they're doing analysis of whether a statute is constitutional or not are all these things, which are these presumptions, burdens of proof, standards of proof, standards of evidence that will go on. And what do they do with them? Well, in the case of situations like that, what they do is they say that the federal government, when examining a law, is entitled to broad discretion. Oh, we have to give them broad discretion to interpret X, Y, and Z. And that the analysis of whether something is or isn't constitutional often comes down to these types of standards where they'll say literally things like, there's one standard they use that says that there's any set of facts that can justify it. Any set of facts so it's not even the set of facts that are actually in the case. It's not even the set of facts that government argues. The justices themselves are allowed to simply dream up fanciful facts where it could support a finding in favor of the government. <laughs> Think about that. Where's that in the Constitution? And then there's other times, of course, when you're talking about trying to go against the government, they give it strict scrutiny. Sometimes they have the strictest scrutiny. 
I go, well, how come when the federal government's actions are being examined, whether or not they're constitutional, why wouldn't it have to be that they have, they're given the strictest scrutiny and they have to show with clear and convincing evidence that they have the authority, that they can specifically show it in the Constitution? Why? Why wouldn't that have to be it? If it's a limited express Constitution, I don't understand. But it's not. They do the opposite. They give them broad discretion. Broad discretion. <laughs> you see this? They have a million different ways of examining things like that. See, they just make them up. Most people have no idea these things even exist, but that's the way the case turns. Imagine if you're trying to examine something, you're trying to decide whether something is or isn't constitutional, so-called constitutional conduct, so-called fits within some so-called range. And you have two options that one, you have to examine it with the presumption that it's not constitutional. And that it's the government's burden to come forward with clear and convincing evidence that will be examined with strict scrutiny, the strictest scrutiny. Imagine that one compared to there's a presumption in favor of the government and that it's your obligation to come forward with clear and convincing evidence to show that there's no set of facts under which the government can't do it. <laughs> you see how different that is? All they do by creating these made-up standards, which none of which are in the Constitution— they determine the outcome before the analysis is done, see? And then they simply choose the analysis that they're going to use and claim that that's what the Constitution requires. When there's no such thing, there's nothing in the Constitution. It's just shit they've made up themselves and their own made-up opinions. And there's most of the time, there's never even agreement from the courts. And that Youngstown case that supposedly slapped it down, not one bit of analysis of whether the federal government itself could ever do what's in there. The only analysis was about whether the president had the authority to do it in the executive capacity. <laughs> and this is the way it always works. See, there's no chance when the single entity, the federal government, is running around enforcing its own shit and making it up and then telling you how the enforcement will go and how the analysis will be conducted. I doubt one person in a hundred has the slightest idea that one, there's no such thing as a national emergency authority inside the constitution or that in the national emergency act itself, that what a national emergency is, isn't even defined. It's not even defined. I was looking at the statue. I was thinking I must have not have the right statue. I kept looking and looking and looking like there's no explanations, no determinations, no definition. There's nothing. It's all about what the president's supposed to do when he does declare one. In other words, he has to give Congress notice in all these different ways. Suppose he has to point out these different statutes that have supposedly given him authority. Well, the Congress can't give him any more authority than the Constitution already has. See, they can't give the president additional authority. It doesn't work like that. Just like the Congress can't give the courts any more authority than the Constitution does. Just like the courts can't give Congress anymore. Just like the courts can't give the president anymore. Just like the president can't give the courts. President can't give Congress. None of them can give each other or themselves additional authority. Only the Constitution can do that. It's all simply ignored because... The courts basically just assume that the government can do any and everything. And in that case, they just make it clear they can. 
<laughs> clear as day, as long as they jump through these procedural hoops and have these different things. And then in the 1970s, when we finally got this National Emergency Act, they codified this thing and they basically listed all out. And until then, they found literally hundreds of times when Congress had given these sort of disparate powers, and they list a few of them in there. And I couldn't believe how much this was just your typical government scam follows the exact pattern I've taught people again and again and again. This is why I almost never investigate anything new anymore. It's not necessary. I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. It's going to be just like this. In the 1970s, they formed a committee, and it was from Frank Church, the same guy that did all that shit with the CIA, who was supposedly uh, so so suspicious of government. Okay, and then you look at his 1973 task force, that he was put into. It's very unknown. And you see what they actually did with it. And they go through and they find all this crazy shit the president can do and can't do and was supposedly given authority to do. And then they come up with this really crappy act, which we're going to cover in one of these other episodes. And when I was looking through my research, I found some stuff from the Senate itself on their official website where they had the Senate Historical Office. And not surprisingly, they inserted an article back in July of 2021. So, you know, about a year and plus after the the stupid shit with COVID was running, they inserted this article about so-called National Emergency Act and how it got formed and what the committee did and what all they found. And I find it quite interesting that nothing had gone on with it since the 1970s, and then they already put this in there when the thing's being used all over. And people don't know that there's national emergencies uh, that have been declared and have been running for 20 years, 30 years. At the time they found this one, at the time in the 1970s, they also had the same thing. These emergencies that had been running and running and running for decades. (laughs) Emergencies. Again, there's no concern with the fact that the government has no authority to declare emergency. There's no concern in an attempt to try to define what an emergency is. It's always the same shit with the national security and the this and the threat, all these vague terms that don't actually mean anything. And then when they do get litigated, which you have really no standing to litigate whether or not there is a national emergency or not, you would have no standing whatsoever to try to sue based upon the fact that Donald Trump has no authority to declare a national emergency. You would not have any authority to do that. No possible way you'd have standing. Standing is the way they kick out the vast majority of these things. So there's no actual examination that you're not entitled to make such a claim, even though the First Amendment itself says that the right of the people to seek a redress of grievances against the government shall not be infringed. People don't know that's also in the First Amendment, but it is. What does that mean? It means that the right of the people to try to seek a legal redress, which is the only way you can get redress against anybody, that's what redress means in such a situation, is through the courts. But of course, the courts have made that impossible as well through all these different scams with the burdens and the standards of proof and the the standing and that you don't have standing. And (laughs) it's always the same, people. See, it's always the same. And I think it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure how many parts it'll take, but I'm definitely going to cover this sort of legal note they put in the Senate about this committee because it's interesting. And I'm definitely going to cover the actual statue itself. And I'm going to cover the opinion, this Youngstown opinion that a lot of people cite, which is really one of the few opinions about it. 
and show people the way the whole thing works together and that it's all 100% a scam and that no part of it protects you in any way and no part of it limits the government. <laughs> it's all made up lip service. And the constitutional conservatives here after three years have never bothered to tell anyone any of this stuff and they never will. See, and they never will because that's their job. Their job is to hide shit, protect the actual government so it grows and grows and grows under the illusion that they are, in fact, trying to win when they're not. They're the Washington generals up against the Harlem Globetrotters, and the Harlem Globetrotters are these liberal and lunatics who want to basically put you into prison and be, turn this whole place into a commie state where they do anything. And guess what? The government does do anything it wants now. If you haven't learned that after two and a half years, then there's nothing that can teach you that. If the government closing your business, wrecking your life, forcing you to wear a mask, <laughs> hasn't been enough, how about the trillions of dollars they've spent? How about this massive inflation they caused? How about all of that? How about the vaccine? How about that? With the warp speed, getting the military involved. People who haven't listened to these doctors who are really putting themselves out there in places like BitChute because you can't even run it on YouTube, uh, explaining all the investigation they've done and all the FOIA documents that they've gotten, the contracts that show this entire event from day one with Trump has been a military operation with military contracts. They're all protected. The shit is all being run by the government. They have no authority whatsoever to have anything called the CDC, <laughs> the Center for Disease Control. What possible authority is there for that? The government to seize control of disease, spend money investigating it. None. It's never raised. See, it's never raised. And now we have Operation Warp Speed. The entire thing was a military operation with all the different protections, the national security, this and that, all the immunity. Where do people think the government gets the authority to grant immunity to a private company for making a product that's dangerous? Where? What is the authority? Where is it? I don't get it. <laughs> There's nobody's ever given the government such authority. It doesn't exist. They've just created it with an act, again, like they always do. They create an act, and then they act like that somehow gives them the authority, and the courts analyze it by looking at the act. They look at the act as opposed to saying the act itself has no authority. They look inside the act to make sure that they're jumping through all the right hoops inside the act. Those are two fundamentally different analyses, fundamentally different. Constitutional conservatives simply never bring it up. They allowed Trump to create this gigantic military operation to create these vaccines as though the government has any authority whatsoever to buy vaccines for people. <laughs> it doesn't. And they buy them now. They're putting them in for children. The CDC itself is totally unconstitutional. Now the CDC says it recommends them for children. It's totally and completely impossible that any product like this could have ever been tested considering what an unbelievably low risk rate it was for children for any kind of safety. It's totally impossible because almost no children had any problem with the disease itself, even if you want to believe any of the virus crap. And so it's completely impossible. Any of this stuff could have ever survived any kind of actual analysis, litigation, I said that it made show after show, explaining to people that if you simply take their depositions, it'll all fall apart. If they're required to turn documents over and actually answer questions, it'll all fall apart. And of course, they still never have been. And they're never going to be made to until everybody is long, long dead and gone, retired. And then you'll learn about in 50 years how maybe there was questions about this and that. By then, everybody will be long dead 
everybody in here that's listening to the show will all be in either prison camps or dead at that point. Long, long, long time before that. See, because once they have all this stuff set up, like they're setting up with the green and the red and the vax card this and the vax card that, once you have all that stuff set up, then you can't resist any longer. You can't resist any longer because all they have to do is just shut off your ID. Then you can't shop, can't buy anything. When they're putting that central bank currency in, that'll completely lock it down. But they don't even need that. All you have to do is have a scan. You don't have to pay with cards. Say you have to scan your phone and show that, in fact, you have a red code or a green code or some other thing like that on your phone before the store itself is allowed to accept a purchase. So you don't need central bank digital currency in order to prevent that. <laughs> all I have to do is just have some reason whether under the national emergency, the threat and all this other shit they make up requires that, you know, you have to comply before you can make any purchases, <laughs> before you can do some other kind of act. Who's going to analyze that? Who's going to keep them in check? Only the federal government, see, because that's the structure people have agreed to. So the idea that we're going to be able to get out of this through any kinds of normal methods that people are talking about uh, in the Twitter sphere and in social media is just fantasy. It's never going to happen. Unless we can get some actual people with money and power and media presence, it's not going to happen. And I've been constantly restricted by the new Twitter with uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, I can see a little bit more stuff. There's no doubt it's better than it was. But I've got massive restrictions on me, massive restrictions on me, and I've already been sanctioned by him and his uh, cronies for simply stating that the election was a corrupt results. When everybody could see it was. But they post this thing that you can't like it, retweet it, etc., because it violates this thing because it has misleading information because I said the election was corrupt. And what's the thing they, they send me to? They sent me to something that said the Department of Homeland Security has said it was the safest and most secure election in history. And the AP fact checkers confirmed it. That's it. That's the proof. <laughs> DHS and the AP. And then you can't do anything. So in order to question the government's election itself, if the government comes out and says that the election was secure and the AP concurs, then you're not allowed to suggest that the government election wasn't secure. That's the freedom we have. That's the insanity that we live in. <laughs> and so the idea that Musk is going to actually help us with Twitter, that's fantasy. It's always been fantasy. And now we have the proof. Everybody can see how it's being operated. Everybody. So unless we can get more people who actually have real money and real sway to get behind actually fixing anything, uh, it's not going to happen. And the simple fact is that in all likelihood, anybody who did do that, they probably would get warned and then killed. But if you don't have people who are willing to stand up and take some chances, then it's never going to get fixed. See, it's never going to get fixed because the people who are running things, they'll do anything. They'll bankrupt your mother, your grandmother. They'll turn little kids into uh, mentally disabled, physically disabled. They'll bankrupt you. They'll throw you in prison. They'll kill you. They'll do anything. They don't care. So that's your enemy. And if you want to try to fight that enemy with kind words and forgiveness, it's not going to work, people. That's the choice you have. And 
since most people are clearly not willing to do it, okay, so that's what we're stuck with. (laughs) Everybody knows what the outcome will be if that's the case. So I'm going to explain the National Emergency Act and the way it's been used with the courts and the other things I've told you about. I'm going to do that. And we'll see if people actually support me or not. I don't know. I sincerely doubt they will. This is why the other people win, because they have access to the money and nobody bothers to crowdfund and protect the people who tell them the truth. They don't. So that's the way it goes. Oh, my God. When I look at how outrageous this national emergency shit is, when I dug into it, I just could not believe how stupid it all was. I mean, I could believe it because I know what's coming, but just the gall of these people and the fraud that these constitutional conservatives are out in media and politics who never bring this stuff up. It's still never been mentioned. There's still no discussion of it. People still have no idea about it. I said it on day one of my show, and still, here we are. No one knows jack shit about it. It's unbelievable to me. So, all right, that's it. That's all I'm going to say on this show. And like I said, I don't know how many episodes it'll take. Probably a couple, a couple more for sure. And I think it'll be interesting. So I hope people enjoy it. And beyond that, I don't know what else there is to say. If you want to follow me on Twitter with my very minimal scope down reach, I'm legal man at U.S. Crime Review. I changed from U.S. Law Review to avoid being completely banned, even though I was never violating their rules. And now under Musk, we'll see. Like I said, I'm already getting censored, but at least I'm not getting booted. And I like Twitter, so I'm there for the last. I'm not going to get booted permanently. I'm not going to do it. Not to so-called advance the cause, because I just don't get near enough support to do that. I like Twitter. I've got my own things going. And I won't always necessarily be on Twitter as legal man. But if you want to, for now, I am. And as far as the movie goes, The Jones Plantation, I play Mr. Jones. It was written by Larkin Rose. It's a great allegory about going from chattel to debt slavery in our system and the decon that our system is. It's really entertaining. I got to see the rough cut. And I hope when it comes out, which looks to be about the holidays, I hope people buy it. Hope they watch it. I hope they buy it for other people. It's really a good possibility we could spread the word with that kind of different medium. So I hope they do that. And I want to thank the people who are in Patreon, who have a lot of integrity, who do step up and kick skin in the game and support my show for the risks I take making it, for the incredible amount of time it took to get the information and then to make the show, and for the very unique nature of the information I provide. I appreciate the fact that they support that. They have a lot of integrity, and I appreciate that. Of course, they get a lot of extra shows every month, and they have access to the whole library. But I know most of the people, they do it just because they know that's what you do. If you like something and you support it and the person provides something of value, well, then you need to pay for it. That's all you need to pay for it. And I I really appreciate those people. So, And beyond that, I don't know. There's probably nothing else to say at this episode. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Thanks so much. I get to check your service on the way out. More quash. More quash. Legal Man.